Test, test. Good. Thank you. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> well, I'd just like to say, first off, is I really, really envy Stephen. I really do. Because uh, the studying that I did, it opened up uh, a lot of things that I have gone through. So if I get a little emotional, it's because it, the story of Joseph, it really touched me. First off, have any of us ever been through a detour? I'm sure everybody has, especially us guys. I know we love going through detours. It's been four hours in New York on the bridge, sitting there, wasted four hours, couldn't go. Oh, yes, I love that I had a blast. My wife was just, she was just so, just loving on me. It was awesome. And detour is a straight line that, got, that you have planned, and you're working through it, and you know exactly where you want to go. You're, you've got a beeline for it. This is where I'm going to be in a certain amount of years. I'm going to be married. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. I'm going to be good to go. And then next thing you know, you get sidetracked. You get railroaded. You just get slammed off that way that you wanted to go. I'm here to tell you when God has a purpose for your life, you can bet there are going to be some detours. I'm supposed to be a Medal of Honor winner. God said, yeah, right. I'm supposed to be a martial arts champ. God said, yeah, right. Everything that I had planned on, where I was going to be, what I was going to do, did not happen. But when everything was said and done, when we get to the end of the story, I love the way he works. It's been a pleasure watching what he has done in my life. So when you read your Bible tonight, I'm, all, I'm always of the persuasion that, hey, he's talking about me. The only reason he didn't put your name in there, he didn't want to embarrass you. Trust me, he did, not, he did not want to embarrass you. And so today we're going to look, take a look at the life of Joseph and learn why God allows detours. Remember, God is sovereign. God knows everything. Nothing's going to happen that he doesn't know about. So God allows detours in our lives. He allows us to get sidetracked. But there's a reason for it. And so what I'm hoping today is you will take that reason You'll get it down in your spirit, and you'll handle detours in a different way, or you'll handle a side for being sidetracked a different way. Look at it in an entirely different way, and you're going to find there's a reason for that detour, a reason why God is moving you to another direction. So I pray that you'll be encouraged today. We'll see why God allows things, people, situations, circumstances that may take us away from the road we think, we believe, or we know God wants us to be on. And everything happens for a reason. In the life of Joseph, we're going to learn some truths as to why God allows detours. Eternally, as a believer in Christ, we know what our eternal destiny is. My eternal destiny is, hey, I'm going to be with Jesus. It's going to be all good. I'm going to live. I'm going to minister with Jesus. That's my eternal destiny. As a believer in Christ, we all know that. But what we're going to focus on today is the destiny we have here. There is something God wants us to do here. When we got saved, God didn't swoop us up into heaven. No, you're here. 
there's a reason you're here. God has a purpose for your life here. There's something he wants you to do here. It's not that he wants you to get up and go to work every morning. It's not that he wants you to I kiss my bride. I'm going to go out. I'm going to kill this steer. I'm going to go. And that's what I'm going to do. No. God has something special for you. And it's designed. And only you can do it. God has a purpose for your life and mine. So when I, every now and then you'll hear me say ours because I'm included because God is still doing the work on me. Actually, young lady back there in that pink sweater. <laughs> she, there's many times she's, I can pray that out of you. <laughs> she doesn't look at me now. It hurts. <laughs> God has a divine stamp on your life. And rarely, very rarely, does he take you from point A to point B without going through a detour. So when you're going to go A to B, he might have C and D planned out. But eventually, he is going to get you where he wants you to be. And part of experiencing your detours is understanding your destiny. Scriptures, we're going to be on the same page. Scripture, so as Pastor Stephen has said, we all want to be on the same page. Scripture is full of destinies being reached through detours. Remember when Israel went to, went to the land of Canaan, well, they, didn't, they didn't go from point A to point B. They went through the Red Sea, they went down south, they went east, they went west before they crossed into Canaan. Forty-year detour. Moses, 40-year <laughs> detour. David, before King David became king, 13 years. The Apostle Paul, probably the greatest apostle of all time that ever walked this planet, before he realized or before he was brought into his destiny, three years in a desert. Before, and he was, he was like that rock star. He was headed for it. He's got it all. God bought him out of there, sent him on a three-year detour in the desert, and then bought him back, and he finally realized his destiny. God has a destiny and a plan for your life, and there's no better place to be than a place he's destined and planned for you. But you won't get there in a straight line. Genesis 50, just give a summary. We're going to start at the end, the end of this story. Genesis 50 gives us a summary of the story of Joseph. After Jacob, his father died, and his brothers were worried that he would now take revenge on them for their mistreatment of him earlier. Genesis 50, 19, 21. Now Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? Destiny is being in the place God wants you to be. But as for you, you thought evil against me, his brothers, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Take note, in that destiny, there's going to be evil and good. 
people are going to do some nasty things to you. Look around in your life, everything that you've gone through. There's been some people that have been around you that were not there for your welfare. And when you think about it, where you are now or where you're going, God is going to turn that bad or that evil thing into good. So someone may mean something evil for you, but God is going to turn it around for your good. Now remember, Genesis 50 is the end of the story. So we have to go back to the beginning of the story to see what happened in Joseph's life. We start at Genesis 37.2. Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob. At that time, he was the youngest until Benjamin was born. He was 17 years old. He was a teenager. 17 years old, he's a teenager. Remember that uh, I would say the, the reason that touches me so, so much is because at 17, I left my home. I left home. I told Dad, I'm not coming back. And if I do come back, it will never be to stay with you. I went into the military, and that's what I did. So jo what happened with Joseph, it just, has a, it just touches me in a way that that young lady back there, she could understand. But at 17 years old, Genesis 37.3 tells us that he was Jacob's favorite son. So to appreciate the story, you have to start at the beginning. Joseph's family had issues. <laughs> they had issues. And there's a couple of young ladies in here. That, yeah, dad's family got issues. Yeah, they do. But I love them to death. I love them. Joseph was born with a family that had many issues. Jacob, Jacob tricked his brother Esau out of his birthright. Jacob loved Rachel. If you read the story, he also had uh, Rachel's sister was Leah. He had to marry Leah before he, he married Leah before he married Rachel. However, he loved Rachel more. His love was for Rachel. When Rachel passed away, that love that he had for Rachel fell on Joseph. He loved Joseph. He missed Rachel. He loved Joseph. Joseph had two brothers. They were murderers, Simeon and Levi. Read the story. Very interesting. Jacob made Joseph in an eloquent robe, and the robe showed Jacob's favoritism towards Joseph. Problem with that elegant robe, that elegant robe should have went to the firstborn. Joseph was the 11th, so that means now you got a problem. All the, all the other boys, real, hey, he's the youngest, and you're going to get double inheritance. He's going to get double everything, and he's the youngest? I'm the oldest in my, in my family. We'd have a problem. What happened was it, it, it caused a spirit of division, and Jacob's, Joseph's brothers hated him for that. They hated Joseph. So after J Jacob gave Joseph the robe, in verse 37-4, it says, And when his brothers saw their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and couldn't speak peaceably to him. Never had a nice word to say to him. 
And it showed that Joseph, that robe showed that Joseph was going to be treated with the recognition of the firstborn, even though at that time he was the last born. Joseph also had dreams. And he would tell his brothers, <laughs> telling his brothers those dreams made his brothers thought they hated him before. Now they hated him even more. Verse 5 7, break it down. Um, that way. Their sheaves would bow down to his sheaves. In other words, hey, there's going to come a time where you're going to bow down to me. <laughs> Say, what? <laughs> you're the youngest and you think I'm about, yeah. Talk about arrogant. Now they hate. He's got the, he's got the rope. He done told his brothers, hey, there's going to come a time you're going to bow down to me. I had this dream. <laughs> Real. You're telling me that there's going to come a time when I'm going to bow down to you. Okay, yeah, I got something for you. Wait till you, we're going to go out back. We're going to have a talk. <laughs> but it gets a little worse. It's not over. In verse 9, Joseph has another dream. You tell Joseph, dude, you need to stop dreaming. Stop dreaming. He, but he has another dream where his father, his mother, and his brothers would bow down to him. And his brothers envied him even more because he shared his dream. So the situation, you have a young man with a, a God-given dream. Joseph had the, he had the ability not only to dream, but he could interpret dreams. A God-given, he had a God-given dream. But it would not serve him at this time. It wouldn't serve him until later down the road. He has family issues. He has brothers that can't stand him. When everything is said and done, Joseph made three errors. First error, he's a tattletale. I, don't, I never liked it when my brothers and sisters would go tell on me. I never liked that. And it could cause, it cause, could cause some problems. So that being said, he was a telltale. His brother, his father would tell Joseph, hey, I want you to go down there and check on the boys. Remember when we started, Joseph was, he was shepherding with his brothers. As we get down the road, they no longer want him with him. Why? Because every time you turn around, dad, hey, dad, guess what Andrew's doing? Boy. <laughs> so you, I, don't, I don't want my brothers, I don't want him around me. Every time I turn around, he's telling on me, he's telling. So there's his first mistake. His first mistake. Second, he told his dreams to people that didn't like him. <laughs> and they envied him. So tattling, telling your dreams to people that don't like you, that can't stand you, and flaunting his position. He always had that robe on everywhere he went. He would take that and throw it in his brother's face. Everywhere he went, if anybody, show my age a little bit, anybody remember Huggy Bear from uh, Beretta? I used to love Huggy Bear. He had that cane, and he had that long coat. I said, wow, he looked my, my father would say, boy, don't even think about it. <laughs> right? right? Huggy Bear was cool. So right now, Joseph is immature. He doesn't know how to transfer information. He doesn't know how to to approach people or talk to people in a mature way. 
He rubs his brother's favoritism, he rubs his favoritism in his brother's face. And Joseph is going to have to grow up before he realizes his dream. Therefore, Joseph needs a detour. He needs an awakening. Which brings us to the purpose of detours is to develop us for the destiny that God has for us while God is developing the destiny for when we arrive. God is working two things at one time. When I met a uh, young lady that I finally married, because I told her one day, you know what, we're going to get married. She said, "Uh, no, we're not. (laughs) No, we're not. Long story short, when everything was said and done, she says, at that particular time, I wasn't ready to have you in my life. I wasn't ready. In other words, if you think about it, God had to develop that destiny before that happened. I knew it, but she didn't, but God worked it. Just saying. (laughs) He is developing us, maturing us. Along the way, I had to do a lot of growing up. Maturing us through the things he takes us through for the destiny while he is working on the destiny for when we get there. The reason for God's detours in our lives is because God has to do some construction in our lives before we are ready for our destiny. God has to chip away at those parts that are rough around it, chip away at those parts that don't fit where he's taking us. He had to do a lot of Shipping away on Andrew Johns, but I ain't doing it. I ain't going, no, I ain't doing it. Eventually, oh, trust me. By the time we're finished, you'll see, you'll see exactly what I'm saying because eventually you're going to get on your knees. You get in that pit, you'll get on your knees and you say, Lord, you broke me. And I think that was the hardest time I have ever cried in my life. And the only person that ever knew that was my baby Tracy. She was the only one. I have never, ever cried so hard. Lord, you broke me. Okay, where do you want me to go now? Boy, he'll get your attention. And the longer we're on the detour, will be determined. The longer there is no change is going to determine how long you're going to be on that detour, how long you're going to stay where you're at before God lets you get to your destiny. How long he blocks you from getting to where he wants you to be. Easiest thing to do is let go. I can say that because he break me and I, I thought, hey, I'm Billy Bad. You can't do nothing with me. Really? Watch this. It's like, it's like when you tell your wife, watch this. Yo, get the finger. I'm telling you. Stay away from sharp objects. <laughs> and sometimes things can get worse before they get better. Because development is part of a process. Many of us. I want to go from point A to point B. I want all the shimmer. I want all the glimmer. I want this, and this is what. No. Everybody wants that. God wants us to have character and sure we're ready. 
He wants to develop your character. And I don't know if this is up there, but however, I loved it because character definition, the mental and, this is from Webster, the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. There's one individual I want to be like. Besides my dad, I loved him to death. Why? Because one day I said, Dad, I'm not going to church today. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, yeah. You're going somewhere. <laughs> I, 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 I was at church that day. Like I said, 17, well, that was about 15, 15, 16. Immature. The worst situation you can have is to be somewhere God wants you to be, but you're not ready to be there. Getting married. I want to, you're not ready to be there. But the worst thing you can have is to be somewhere God wants you to be, but you're not ready. Many of us may have bosses, not ready to be there, still there. May have those supervisors, not ready to be there, but they're still there. You will mess up God's plan if you're somewhere he is not ready for you to be yet. God can't give you the future he's planned for you if you won't allow him to develop and shape your character. When God takes us on a detour, he allows us to be stripped of things we love, value, treasure the most. When we have something that we value more than God, God allows us to be stripped of it. He allows it. Remember, God is in control. (laughs) Again, talk about those things. This is where I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. God will allow those things to be taken from you. Because, as I've learned, his plan is much bigger, much better than any plan I could have come up with. Genesis thirty-seven fourteen. Joseph was sent by Jacob, his father, to see how his brothers were doing. Remember, at the beginning, Joseph was with his brothers herding their flocks. Now he's no longer with them. They no longer even, they no, no longer even want him around. We go down to verse 18. Now, when they saw him coming, his brothers saw him coming. He was coming to check up on them. They saw him from afar off. They recognized who he was. Why? He had that huggy bear coat on. Here he come. And one of them, one of the brothers brother said, hey, here come that dreamer. And while he, before he got to them, they had already planned, we're going to kill him. When your brothers are planning to kill you, they probably don't like you. So, as I said, they saw him coming. He had that robe on. I'm going, I am the favorite. I'm going to be over you. We're going to kill him. Reuben intervened. He didn't want bloodshed. If you know who Reuben is, Reuben is the oldest of the boys. The brothers planned a scheme. Okay, we'll throw him in a pit and tell our father that the wild beast devoured him. They stripped him of his multicolored robe. Yep, they stripped him of what he held dear, what he held of value. They stripped him of it. Remember when I said God will allow things that you hold of value, things that you hold more dear to you than him, he will allow them to be stripped from you. He'll get your attention. 
They threw him into a pit that was empty and without water, a dry place. I can tell you, there will be dry places for you to go through on this destiny through life. Going to be many battles with disappointments. You'll be disappointed with yourself. How did I mess up again? Trust me, been there. I can talk. How did I mess up again? You'll be disappointed with your family and friends. How could you do this to me? How could you? How could you do this? How could you allow this to happen? And then you may be even disappointed with God. Lord, I thought you loved me. I thought you cared about me. I thought you told me to trust you. How in the world could you allow this to happen to me? How could you allow me to be humiliated? How could you allow me to be beat up like this? How could you allow me to be beat down? Eventually, his brothers, they threw him into a pit. And you may be in a pit right now. You may be getting ready to go into a pit. You may be coming out of one. But either way, it, it's going to come. Not today, not tomorrow. It's going to come. Those seasons do come. And you might be in a bad situation you can't get your way out of. Got news for you. God's working on you. He's in control. Give him the helm. He's not a co-pilot. God doesn't co-pilot. So you got to let him do what he wants to do. So when you're in a hole and you feel life is hopeless and you, sometimes you could feel helpless, you're on a detour because detours are divinely designed to contribute to our construction. God is in the construction, reconstruction business. He tears us down, but when everything is said and done, he remolds us, he remakes us, and he can put us up there. This is what happens to someone that believes in me. This is what happens to someone that loves me. This is what happens to someone who is obedient and listens when I talk to them. Sometimes it takes a little while. I'm a guy. I'm hard-headed. <laughs> takes a little while, but I do, get the, I do get the gist of it. So God must address our character and matures if he's going to trust us with the destiny he has for us. I can't give you the keys to my house if I don't trust you. I've got to develop your character. Once I develop your character, and then I can entrust you with that destiny that I have for you. 37, chapter 37, 27, 28. So one of his brothers said, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, for he is our brother. So they took him up out of the pit. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver, and they took him to Egypt. With that being said, let's finish up. We started at the end of the chapter. At the end of Genesis chapter 50, 19, Joseph said, do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. 
But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Basically, Joseph saying, God brought me here. You might have had something to do with it. Eventually, this is where God brought me. I forgive you. I'm not mad at you. God brought me here. So he is in Egypt. God brought him here so that he could deliver his brothers. But to get to chapter 50, God had to start at chapter 37, where this young man was 17 years old. Stripped him of his robe, give him his dream, separate him from his family, sell him as a slave so that he could end up in Egypt and fulfill his destiny. 17 had that elegant robe, that huggy bear, stripped him of it, tore it off of him, took him, threw him into a pit, no uh, dry place, no water, no nourishment, no nothing. All he could do was cry out to God. Hey, sell him, God, God ordained it, not you. You didn't put me here, God put me here. Sold him into slavery. He gets to Egypt, God brought him to Egypt so that he could save many people alive. God put him there, not you. You were the instrument he used. You may be in a bad place right now. You may be in a pit right now. No water, no nourishment, no support. You may even feel alone, been there. You need, at this point, call out to God, what do you want me to do? You broke me. But you, you are God. I'm ready to listen now. I am available. Call out to your heavenly father. I am available. Now he can use you. Now he can mold you. Now he can remake you. And as you're calling out, let him know. Whatever detour you want me to go through, I'm available. God can take you from here to that place, your destiny. Thank you.